Welcome to Cinecast, a Cinedec podcast where we chat with outside-the-box thinkers that are changing the video industry. Take one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinecast, a Cinedec podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So today we're wrapping up our three-part conversation with Jane Sung, COO of Cinedec. And as we've heard Sung's story, we've better understood the process of bringing new software to market and developing the brand for insert editing in software form versus hardware form. So for part three, we're going to get a better sense for building a successful business model as a software startup and some of the learning lessons that come with startup trial and error. So Jane, welcome back to the podcast for part three. How you doing? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Of course. All right. So just in summary, kind of wrap up thoughts from episodes one and two and jumping into the final piece of conversation here. As you took Cinedec from the hardware world to the software world and the concept of insert editing, how did this impact your outlook on the company's business model and the logistics of running Cinedec? Did the idea of being a software versus a hardware company impact how you wanted to help structure the actual model of the company? Yes. When we first launched Cinex Tools, we launched it in the same hardware mentality. We we're like, well, you know, we'll just sell perpetual licenses. And as a matter of fact, when we launched it, we didn't think that it would be successful. We almost sort of did it because it was an easy thing to do. It was almost like an addendum to our hardware product. Six months later, it sort of took on a life of its own. People started to buy our software instead of our hardware, which as a business owner, that was very scary because our software was like a 20th of the price of our hardware. We really had to rethink our perpetual licenses because we had spent so much development dollars already on developing Insert Edit that we had to figure out a way to sort of recoup that. So we decided about six months in that we were moving from a perpetual license to a subscription license. That in itself presented a whole host of challenges. I think in our previous podcast, we had talked about how we sort of distribute our licenses. What are the logistics of that? What does that look like? And how can we fill those licenses in an automated way? And we figured that out through, you know, working with a third party. But I would say that, yeah, it was a, it was a brand new learning curve for us because we had always worked on hardware with annual support contracts. And that's an entirely different business model and a different customer base than our software. The one thing about having a software product is that we're now able to reach a much broader audience than we had been previously with our hardware. But at the same time, a bigger audience means sometimes more challenges. The challenge has been trying to learn a brand new business while you're still uh, this other hardware business happening and ongoing. Luckily, however, we did have a hardware business to fall back on while we sort of learned the ropes of the software business. That was also a challenge. I mean, I, I talk about all these challenges and they are. It's just like running a business and operating a business in, in our space is or in any space is challenging. But when you're trying to transition from hardware to software and you're bootstrapping it, so you're you're basically creating this new business out of the existing operational profits from your hardware business, that in itself is challenging. So you're managing the cash flow, then you're managing your branding, you're managing trying to figure out how to access a new customer base. Yeah, all of it has been 
an interesting journey, I would say. So glad that we made the transition. So happy that we have a product that can really take us into the next 10 years. You know, something I've heard you and Charles reference often is the big company mentality that Synodec had from the very beginning. So briefly describe what that means to you. You know, how would you contextualize that you've got a big company mentality and how has that helped create a sustainable foundation for Synodec? When you first start out as a smaller company, when you're basically working with your friends as a startup, it can feel very casual, right? We're all working. Everybody knows that we're all working really hard. And you have these really casual conversations like, oh, in the beginning when it's small, you can just sort of have these really casual conversations about the way that things are going to happen. Like, you know, the trade show, the sales, the marketing, you know, the whatever it is that we're planning on doing. And I found that, that that's actually a really bad habit. It's a bad habit that you learn as a small company when you're working with only a handful of people, because then nothing is organized, nothing is structured. And all of a sudden you, you sort of start building these bad habits into your company. Once your company starts to grow and you have more and more clients and you have different products and all of that stuff, how do you then manage that business? How do you manage the support? How do you manage the sales? Like all of those things need to be put into a structure so that they can be tracked and they can be managed to fruition. When I first started working at Synodec, I wasn't the CEO. Nobody, they didn't hire me as a CEO. I, they sort of hired me as sort of like this um, office manager. There were just so many things that I felt needed to be organized and I think that that's just like part of my nature. I just like to track things and organize things and, and just see what is happening at a, at a glance. You know, recently we've started implementing all of these new processes because I feel like we're growing as a company. We're introducing more products. We need to formalize the way that we launch our products, the way that we market them, the way that we manage the development how we are analyzing the ROI for each of these products and for each of these events. All of those things need to be more formalized because otherwise, if you don't, you start losing track of the profitability of your company. Not even just like the bottom line dollar, but just your personal time. Your time becomes more and more valuable as, as the company grows, and you just want to make sure that it's actually being used in an efficient way. So we started formalizing some of the ways that we are, we're developing products, formalizing the way that we're marketing products and our marketing efforts that we're putting into each of these products. Despite being small and despite just being able to, you know, just call up whoever it is and to say, hey, what about X, Y, and Z? Despite being able to do that, that it needs to go into a more formal process so that we can track all the effort that everybody's putting into making a product successful and ultimately the company successful. All right. So final point, just to wrap up your thoughts for this three-parter, what would you say was one of your greatest challenges operationally for Synodec? And how do you apply that learning lesson in your day-to-day -day now? Maybe how would you turn that into advice for another young software company that's a startup looking to break into the market? and is feeling some of the same challenges that you've felt? I would say that having an idea and actually even creating a product with that idea is not even stage 
one. That's like stage zero. That's like the basis for a company. In order to even get your product out there, you definitely need to plan your marketing and branding, plan your pipeline, plan the processes that are going to happen within your company from, from day one. You have a lot of interesting and strong personalities when you work for a smaller company because you're work, you're looking at hiring people who can be multifunctional, right? Everybody wears 10 cap. They are all doing 10 different things at the same time. Nobody wants to spend time and like, you know, do their little bit of data entry. But that bit of data entry is actually the glue that holds your company together. That is actually what will keep the running of your company smooth. Because otherwise, those key bits of data that you think that are not important, when it doesn't happen, all of a sudden you have these holes. You can no longer, you know, analyze or forecast or do any of the important things that actually pertain to the running of your company. So I would say that if you're a small company or if you're just starting out, really think about how do you want to run your company? What is your strategy for year one, year two, year three? Like think of those bigger goals and then break them out into 10 steps, 20 steps, 30 steps. The loftier the goal, the bigger the number of steps. I would say plan, plan relentlessly until somebody wants to just murder you with all the, <laughs> all the planning that you, you're doing. Basically, you're just going to become like the spreadsheet person, but keeping everything on track and making sure that people are achieving their goals is a huge part of making a company successful and actually making a product successful. I would also say that when you're starting a startup company, the development team, extremely important, but they're only a third of an overall success of the product. The other parts are, you know, the other third is marketing, branding, and the other third is sales. So if those three things are not working in tandem together at all time, then you will not have a successful product. That I feel like is a, is a really important thing to be mindful of. All right. Again, we've been chatting with Jane Sung, COO of Cinedec. Jane, thank you for joining us on this three-part interview on Cinecast. Always a pleasure getting to chat. And, you know, hopefully this podcast will be useful in your marketing strategy moving forward. So love it. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll be chatting hopefully sometime again soon. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cinecast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to cinedeccom slash podcasts. Again, that's cinedeccom slash podcasts, plural, with an S at the end. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.